You're a man. You're a father. You're a brother. You're a son. You're a husband. You are a man. But in today's culture and society, what does that mean? How can you live an absolutely fulfilling life, maintain a passionate, intimate relationship, be a good dad, be the nice guy everyone expects you to be, and still be all you want to be as a man? In this podcast, we explore everything it means to be the best version of yourself as a man and still fulfill all the roles you want to fulfill with strength, courage, mastery, and honor. We are a tribe of awakened men. Here's your host, Scott Landis, and this is Husband on Fire. That's cheesy, Daddy. All right, here we are again. Uh, this is episode nine. We are on nine. On the, the, the countometer. <laughs> is that what they would call it? Because you need to have like a, of course, it's not video, this is a podcast, but if you visualize in the, audience, the listening audience right now, there's mm-hmm. like the big nine, number nine yes. on the wall, right? You, you paint your office like for every episode, right? Yep. That's, and that's, now okay. there's a nine. And we, we need to hire the person to do that, hire the person to ring the sponsor oh, yeah. bell. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, depending on you know where our sponsors are, I know we've had some great sponsors over time. But uh, we need good sponsors to pay for all these employees. Yeah, that ring the bells and pay it for numbers. Like what, you know, you know, there is a um, you know the people that ring the bell. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that for it's like a important. for like a you know the UFC or like a big boxing match. You know, all this money going like into pay per view and all this stuff. You got Michael Buffer. Let's get ready to rumble. You know those yeah. guys. Yeah. But then you've got the unsung hero, the guy that rings the bell. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the ones that, you know, hey, the round's over. Yeah. Think you know. about the bell in Rocky. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's an iconic sound. Well, then there's the Liberty Bell. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Has it ever, ever rang? You see the crack, does it, does it still ring? You know, the Liberty Bell's interesting because as soon as you say that, I don't hear anything, I picture something. Yeah. But with the Rocky Bell, yeah, it's opposite. Yeah, it is. And you would think a bell, yeah. you would hear it, but I picture the Liberty Bell. Well, and then there was a scene at the end of Rocky Three where the Apollo Creed and Rocky are in the the, the gym alone mm. fighting, right? Mm-hmm. It was it. No, it was Rocky Two. No, was it Rocky Three? No, yeah, it was Rocky Three because Apollo Creed and and, and, and Yvonne Drago, you know, the the scene where Yvonne kills them. There's no spoiler alert. The movie came out in 88. Don't spoil a movie that came out in 1988, right? Uh-huh. But you know, that's the other bell ring because at the beginning of that little match in the warehouse at the end was uh, Apollo Creed going ding, ding. Oh, Remember yeah. that with a glove and all that? Yeah, with a, it kind of has mouth full of... Yeah, mouth guard. Yeah, mouth guard. <laughs> Is that the sponsor? It could be. Apollo Creed's I, mouth guard? Yeah, wouldn't that be great? I mean, that's got to be like the Smithsonian Museum at this yeah. point. This is, uh, you know, thanks, by the way, too. It's an honor to be uh, a part of the intro again. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the rotation of the intro voices on the podcast. Yeah, in case you don't recognize Gunner's voice, it was yeah. just on the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, <laughs> welcome to Husband on Fire. Um, you know, it's and it, it's so it's so uh, apropos. Mm-hmm. That's a word we don't I, use often. I, I almost used that last episode. Do we I, even? Know I chickened out. How do we? I'm like, that's too big for me. How do you spell apropos? If you're listening to this, this no, no cheating, no going to Google. How do you spell apropos? I gotta know. Put Take it in the comments. Take your best guess. Take your best guess, and and um, but you know, I mean, it's the it's episode nine. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, at the at the sound is I'm 49. So there's the nine nine oh. thing, right? You know, and so. This is going to be, this is a fun interview today, conversation with uh, Austin McRobbie. Austin McRobbie, Rising Path. You know, tell us a little bit, a little bit about it. Yeah, so he, uh, well, he has a great process for individuals or couples, um, but it doesn't matter if you're an individual. His process for like discovering those hurts and pains and getting some healing yeah. in and that kind of moves you into connection in your relationship. Yeah. So that's his process. I think I think um, he has a four-step process. I think his yeah. website says. Yeah. So he kind of talks a little bit about that. So if you yeah. listen to this episode, you're going to walk away with uh, some tips on how to create connection yeah. if that's been missing. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I tell you about Austin. You know, he's 
is risingpath, mm -hmm. risingpath.org. Yes. And I think that, you know, you even kind of alluded a little bit when we were talking ahead of time about, you know, there's a just a powerful story yeah. that you're going to want to listen to. If you're listening right now on this podcast, lean in because he's going to talk a little bit about, you know, where Rising Path comes from, right? Yeah. It's a cool story. Uh, I'll let him tell it. It's yeah. at the very end. So. <laughs> we don't want to do a spoiler there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, go tell the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a cool story though. It's it's I worth it. listening all the way through to the end. I love it. I love. Well, it's always going to be good to listen straight through on this. And I'll tell you what, I I have to say, you know, um, on uh, Austin's Instagram, you know, he does these one minute videos and things. Okay. And he's doing all that stuff. And so I I think that today's uh, sponsor is Austin's Instagram feed. All right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Rising Path on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Rising Path. Okay. You can check out Austin on Instagram there. He just does these one-minute videos. He's just dropping wisdom mm -hmm. on us. Check it out. It's so cool, right? I think that's good. It's, yeah. That's it's like good. product place. We actually, it's like two episodes in a row. We're actually driving I somewhere. Know. It's <laughs> actually making sense now. Yeah. It, it takes nine, right? It takes eight or nine episodes mm -hmm. to kind of get that. I mean, you go from, you know, uh, what I thought was bear meat, but it was brawny you know, paper towels to uh -huh. Velcro to the first base. Yeah. And then we're like, okay, all right, now we're becoming adults yeah. in the podcast world. We're, right? we're going serious now. Yeah, it's serious business, you know? I mean, it's you driving back. But no, seriously, Austin on uh, on Instagram, I, I see his posts and, and what he's sharing and these one-minute videos and what's going on. It's just, um, I'm mm -hmm. looking forward to listening myself. Cool. And I like your Instagram. You have a very entertaining Instagram. And sprinkled in with some good, inspiring stuff because you're an encourager. And it's if you need encouragement, get on well, Gunner's well, Instagram. I got to tell you this real quickly. Okay. Because okay, right? this is, you know, it's half the show is the intro, right? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny is, is that we, um, you know, I went through that whole season. You can go back to episode one. You can hear mm -hmm. about my season. Um, yes. And go back to episode one when we talk. But, you know, I went through a season which just was so serious and mm. so contemplative mm -hmm. you know and I was just so in over my head I thought just this all this faux philosophy you know, yeah. it's so deep and all of this stuff and serious yeah and you know before I went on a uh, first date or just was getting to know my now fiance and soon to be wife congratulations thank you since the first episode yeah engaged um she you know she she checked out my Instagram she's like yeah this guy's kind of serious is he at all funny does he have a sense of humor or anything like that? You so know? all that stuff's pretty new, huh? <laughs> well, it was there all along. I had to be awakened. But she, you know, I mean, there over time, it was just, I was just like, oh, man, he's like really, really, really serious. I mean, I had, I had like a high bar. I had to like yeah. get goofy and silly, you know. That's the alarm saying, you know, <laughs> here's the hook. Um, but no, I mean, I just think of Instagram. I laugh at that. You know, you talk yeah. about my Instagram feed and just... Mm -hmm. You know, and now it's just a lot about life. Dude, we have to do an episode on not being so serious. Because yeah. I, as you say that, I have also been, I'm a recovering serious junkie. Yeah. Uh, certainty junkie. Um, so let's put that on the slate. Well, I, you know, when you say that, it's interesting, you know, um, on Facebook today and not Instagram just yet, I have a post. It's four pictures of me with a wig on <laughs> and in all these different poses. Mm -hmm. and, um, and my caption was... Uh, too much fear and, and too less uh, fun. You know, smile, nice. friends. Yes. Jesus loves you, right? Nice. I'm out. But we need to, right? Yeah. We need to have some fun. Stop yeah. being serious, you know, and get the stick out of it. You know, so it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a part of what this podcast is about. I mean, there's uh, several elements that are totally in there on purpose and absolutely. not so serious. Absolutely. You want to balance it out and have fun a little bit. Smile and just, you know, um, it's, you know, what's life without a smile or a laughter mm -hmm. inside. And so, anyway, I feel like this is like podcast 10 within right. the intro of podcast 9. A podcast within a podcast within a podcast. <laughs> I love that. I we love are that. way on a tangent. I know. and Because um, Austin is, you know, his thing's serious. Get connection with your spouse. It's going to be really, really, and it's so important too. Mm -hmm. And so uh, let's kick it off. All right. Let's begin. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here with Austin McRobbie. Austin McRobbie. And uh, this is a Husband and Fire podcast, and thanks for being here. Thank you. You're a husband. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, ten years married. Uh-huh. Okay. Ten when... years experience. Okay, good, good. Two daughters? Two daughters, uh, okay. five years old and two and a half. 
Five and two and a half. Okay, so is uh, how's the youngest sleeping? Sleeping great. Um, we are trying for number three. Okay. So yeah, we'll we'll be back to not sleeping again. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well. Uh, so you're getting uh, rest except for your wife's always on you for, oh, it's time! we got to try! Uh, every, you know. <laughs> every man loves the trying time. <laughs> right, right. Well, we went through before we went through the trying time, it was the I'm not sure if we should try time, mm. which was very different, uh-huh. you know. But uh, it's good. I, I've learned through the journey how to you know, kind of understand mm-hmm. and make, you know, men and women were so, we just look at the world in different ways sometimes. And mm-hmm. it's been a 10 year journey of seeing the world through a woman's eyes uh, and understanding her. And a particular woman. A particular woman. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and I live by a personal motto of happy wife, happy life. Mm-hmm. If I can do things to within reason accommodate and make my wife happy, it affects our whole home. Mm-hmm. Cool. So. so, okay, so we have three kids, and I think about that age, two and a half, mm-hmm. uh, is about the time when our third, when around that time, within within six to twelve months, um, is when our third made herself known <laughs> through a pregnancy test. But for us, we were not trying. For okay. us, it was a uh, bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, icing on the cake is our third. So I definitely understand the world of three kids. We have a boy and two girls. Mm-hmm. But, okay. Uh, How old are they now? So oldest is 15, middle is 12, and the youngest is 9. Okay. Yeah. So I understand the life. <laughs> um, and we... Tanya and I, we, we kind of, in our practice, uh, working with couples, we kind of target the, the people that are, in my mind, it's like from grade school to empty nest. So technically, you would be like outside of our target market as far uh-huh. as like what we profess. Of course, you know, we work with anyone who wants to work with us. But, <clears throat> but once you get through that, like baby making time and then the kids are to grade school all of a sudden some freedom comes that you haven't had in a while and you're going to be in that category because um how old's your oldest she's five, five? so okay. she's going to kindergarten okay. next year yeah so probably um it'll be a 10 year 10 year period or so of this like before all the kids once the youngest is uh, going into kindergarten mm-hmm then all of a sudden you remember what it's like to have a little bit of freedom because that that they go to school unless you're doing homeschool that's a different mm-hmm. thing but um, and when they go to school all of a sudden you're like oh we don't have kids in our home 24 7 anymore and and that's we love to work with those people because you know it's all of a sudden you remember and it's been 10 years or, or more since I really looked at you as a person you know so it's kind of a fun place that we like to work that kind of like that you know grade school to empty nest because empty nest is another scary time of transition right but Mm -hmm. but you're in that you're in that time of just like it's just like survive it's triage yes it's just it's less so now that our youngest is two and a half Uh but it is it's just a crazy it's almost like team assemble you know Mm -hmm. my my wife and i we have to be this almost united front because our girls are they're going through so much rapid change and emotions our our oldest lily she she has these very big emotions and she'll just when she was three it was you know they say the terrible twos for us it was the terrible threes Uh just drop down knock out tantrums Uh and it you know, it upped the stress in our house. And so it was learning how to, how to cope and survive and mm-hmm. make it through. Yeah. So you're on that. Um, we, we went to a, a comedy, uh, it was a date night comedy night. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so the comedian was talking about these kind of things. He was saying, um, he was, he was like talking about when you have two kids, it's like man on man. You go to the third kid, and then you go yeah. the zone. The defense. zone, zone, yeah. And then um, I can't remember exactly how he talked about it, but the fourth kid, you are 
Now you're a referee. I think that's what it was. When you have the fourth kid, now you're just a referee. You're not even playing defense anymore. You're just like, you're just, just trying to, you know, make sure Penalty, that, foul. Yeah, people don't kill each other. And then he's like, five or more? You're just in the stands. You're not even on the field anymore. You're just observing. You're like eating popcorn, watching the, the plays go on. <laughs> the, I thought, I've heard something like that before, but I thought he just killed it as far as the way he describes it. So you're going into zone defense. Congratulations. All right. Hopefully soon. Right. Uh, still in the trying time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, okay, so um, Austin, tell me about tell me about what you do. You do something similar to what we do, right? Mm-hmm. What, yeah. what do you do? So very similar. Uh, I work with two groups of people. I work with couples, um, more couples that are in their first 15 years of marriage, primarily, okay. uh, working a coaching process to help them develop deeper connection, more shared purpose, mm-hmm. and, as well as a, a faith-based component, helping them grow in their relationship with God. Cool. Uh, and then additionally, I work with individuals that are dealing with uh, self-care issues. They're, mm-hmm. they're feeling stuck in their life. They're feeling like, I just can't manage my life. And so I'm coaching them through a process of what does it look like to balance relationships and emotions and um, stressors to really thrive. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's been really a lifelong mission of mine mm-hmm. for myself personally, for my family, for those I help is how do we get from that survival state, that stress state to, to really thriving, to mm-hmm. really enjoying life and saying, this is the life I've wanted. So what's a um, this? What's the state of somebody who is like you can really help who comes to you? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm sure there's mm-hmm. like lots of different ways you can help people, but if you think about the person who you can make the biggest impact on, like that one person, what are, what's going on in their life typically that that your process can help them with? So again, it's you know looking at couples. It's a couple that. Um, maybe has a couple kids again they're in that first 10 to 15 year window of their marriage and they're just not having that level of intimacy connection and fun Mm. and they're not necessarily like okay one of us is walking out yet but there's just there's a disconnect and and they're 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 maybe educated maybe they've tried um, some things maybe they've read some books on communication but there's something about that resonant we're just not feeling the love okay uh, and then with the they individ- once had it now uh-huh. they're just not feeling it mm-hmm. maybe there's a little bit of combativeness going mm-hmm. on or at least dissonance yeah there could be an issue that crops up a lot of times it's maybe like um somebody dealing with like a like a pornography issue or different things like that those issues can be symptomatic of mm-hmm. deeper disconnection issues okay it could be uh, a level of conflict that's not working for them mm-hmm. um, but th- they're desiring a a relationship that is like how they started and more okay it's that fun that friendship mm-hmm. and and there's just something really about the way I look at it. It's, it's a heart-to-heart connection. Okay. So it's, you help them get back to that heart-to-heart connection. Exactly. And somehow along the lines they've lost it. Um, do you know, uh, like, is there, I, I know that there's, I, I want to kind of go into, like, as specific as possible. Uh-huh. I know there's, like, a broad stroke, but if you think about, you know, because there's a guy watching this that um, maybe, or listening to this, that... Um, hmm that maybe is you're the ideal on the planet person that this guy needs to talk to uh-huh. um, when you think about that like that that specific person what what's going on in their life what's going on in his life right now that's a great question Scott I'm looking at that man that that husband who he desires to have that kind of marriage that is connected but he's He's going through the stress of, I can't make my wife happy. Okay. I'm trying, but something happened or something's going on. She's mm-hmm. dealing with something. I'm dealing with something. And we just don't have the connection anymore. And this mm-hmm. man wants it. Mm-hmm. And he's probably a man coming from some kind of faith-based background as well and mm-hmm. wants that as a part of a coaching process for him. Okay. But he's really desiring that 
connection, but he doesn't, this man maybe doesn't fully understand his own story. Okay. There's ways that he doesn't understand his emotions, doesn't understand relationships. Mm. Um, and there's ways that he just can't maybe make sense of his wife's behavior or why she isn't crazy about him anymore. Okay. okay. So he comes to you with a complaint. The, the, the biggest complaint that's presenting is, I can't make my wife happy. Yeah, he's coming in. Okay. I, I can't connect to my wife. Okay. And maybe under the surface is I, I don't really know how to connect myself. Okay. But his pain is more related to his marriage. Okay. Well, it's at least presenting, I would Yeah, that's right. what I've got, you know, several couples, uh, you know, that I'm working with right now where it's that kind of thing where it's the, the husband isn't really interested in personal development. He's okay. just plugging along. He's a fix it kind of guy. Okay. But his wife, the fix-it is not cutting it in the marriage. Okay. The wife wants somebody, a guy that shares his heart, mm-hmm. that shares his emotions, that knows how to communicate at a deeper level than just, uh-huh, okay, mm-hmm. here's what I'm fixing at work. Right. She wants to really know him. And okay. so that, that would be his pain. Okay, so what's the first baby step that, that again, this guy that's listening right now... Uh-huh that he can implement right away um, what would you suggest like you know do this try this look there what what comes up well i may be jumping the gun but i, I know you're going to ask a question at some point what does an awakened man yes. mean go ahead and you... and and i think the baby step uh, what that the answer for me of what an awakened man is a man that understands his own story mm. and understands where his story fits into the broader narrative of the meaning of his life and the people that orbit in his life. Mm, I like that. And so that man, the baby step right now, practically what you can do is just stop and pay attention to yourself. Mm. Take five minutes to sit with yourself and be able to, as opposed to, Ooh, I have an idea, go do it. Mm. Just recognize your thoughts, become a little more awake or aware, (coughs) um, become aware of, what you're feeling as you have certain thoughts, become aware of what your body is feeling as you're doing. Just this kind of starting to awaken to yourself and Mm -hmm. not just living the reactionary life. Mm -hmm. Um, So stop trying to do so much and just uh, be, uh become aware. And and you've mentioned a few times, um, it sounds like there's quite a a body connection component Mm -hmm. to what you do. Tell me more about that. Yeah, well, I, I think stress, uh, with working the number of couples I've worked with, I think stress has a huge negative effect on marriage, or rather the way that we manage stress as two individuals in a marriage okay. has an effect. And if part of your story has been not, part of your life's journey has been not knowing how to properly manage stress it's gonna manifest in your marriage either where one person is in blame mode Uh i get i see that especially just generalizing i see a dynamic where a lot of wives are in blame mode Mm -hmm. and a lot of husbands are in fix it slash dissociate mode so the husbands are responding to stress by checking out Mm. becoming not present distracting themselves playing video games whatever not to playing video games are bad but they're using these things to remove themselves from them from their stress whereas again generally speaking a lot of these wives are responding to their stress with blame mm. and they're they're putting an over proportionate amount of blame on their husband for how they feel right um and it may be related to some trigger to having maybe a dad that was checked out as well it could not it's not so important to find that exact meaning mm-hmm. but more deal in the moment with how does each spouse handle stress? Okay. And part of that is that self-awareness, becoming aware of how you're responding to things. Mm-hmm. Because when we become aware, then we can make conscious in the moment choices. Mm-hmm. But when we're living just from idea, do it, or thought, share it, or mm-hmm. I need to fix this, I fix it right now, we're, we're trying too hard. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of this ironic things that these wives will ask their husbands for things. and But the husband almost takes that as so much of a pressure hmm. that they just try harder, but they're self-defeating in that. As opposed to, all right, stop trying, really become aware. And that's going to help you actually better please your wife and connect with your wife. Hmm. So um, what's a practical thing that 
that he can do to start because okay so let me let me what I'm hearing is the the guy needs to stop immediately responding stop trying to fix stop stop taking everything she's saying or presenting as as I got to do something and just getting into this place of awareness mm -hmm. um, and there must be a process to to get to that place because that's like if if you've been on this do 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 mm -hmm. hamster wheel life mm -hmm. to just say get off the hamster wheel <laughs> to the hamster is like you know <laughs> like uh how right so is there is there practical stuff like what comes to mind for me what what's happened in my life is you know yoga has been a major part mm -hmm. of of uh helping me kind mm -hmm. of get to where you're talking about mm -hmm. um is that in the mix or what what is the uh what is the typical go-to stuff for you yeah i think i think um certainly movement and any form of exercise okay. is helpful some of my most stressed clients are the ones that don't exercise mm. which i find interesting sure. i just see that interesting correlation yeah right? a, little, a little correlation or connection uh -huh. there um i think generally as a as a society and culture we live way too much in our heads and our minds Okay. and not enough in our hearts and our bodies and so i i like to walk it more out as baby steps okay. that it's not um you need to get to the end goal right away mm -hmm. it's it's about uh, i really try to chunk it down to what's the next step for you okay. um, maybe it's just becoming a, when a conflict happens in your marriage becoming more aware of why that is and paying attention to your responses as that happens and then we can work later on fixing or changing your response okay it may be um yeah taking some time to pay attention to your body it may be prescribing a, for a couple to take some time to intentionally connect one of the exercises i do in my office that is incredibly powerful is having uh leading a couple and making eye contact with each other mm. and one person just asking open-ended more emotionally directed questions to the other and just listening and drawing that person out, not reacting, not talking and turning it back to themselves, mm -hmm. but just to focus on the other person. Mm -hmm. That in itself is, I think any husband at home, if you just go home, go home, look your wife in the eye and just ask her a question like, how are you really doing? And don't react she no matter what she says just respond and say wow thanks for sharing that like tell me more mm -hmm. I guarantee that's gonna open her up at a, a broader level she's gonna feel really heard and understood right she's gonna be because I'm assuming he's probably never done that or mm -hmm. it's been a long time and she, that's just gonna totally pattern interrupt uh -huh. her brain mm-hmm and she's gonna know at least something's going on here Mm -hmm. maybe her um, heart and her spirit like just like leap like what uh -huh. you're really actually paying attention to me you're actually mm -hmm. seeing me uh, I can imagine that could be a very powerful thing to do it, it can, it's very transformative mm -hmm. and experiential I've I've had couples come into my office where the wife is so angry mm -hmm. and mistrusting of the husband and when I teach him how to care for her in a certain way mm -hmm. all her defenses come down mm -hmm. and she's back to being in love with this man mm -hmm. and open to him and so I, I think openness breeds openness right whereas closing up breeds closing up we reap what we sow mm -hmm. and so if we can show up and stay open mm -hmm. but the first step of being open is to be present sure to be aware of ourselves yeah that's good well, I like this uh, this podcast to be very personal. So, mm -hmm. oh, before I move on to yeah. your story uh -huh. and like some of your ups and downs, mm -hmm. um, where if guys want to get in touch with you and um, uh, connect with you more about you know you're giving some good practical steps, what if they want more? How can they get a hold of you? Uh, just my website. So if uh, any guys out there go to risingpath.org, uh, you'll be able to get in touch with me there. Cool. Risingpath.org. Mm -hmm. um, and you met, did you say you have a retreat coming up soon? 
Yeah, so I'm hosting actually a, a weekend marriage event in okay. May, Mar- uh, Saturday, May 16th, and Sunday, May 17th. It's going to be in Beaverton, Oregon at the Luis Palau Association. I've got room for 50 couples, and this is a two-day conference that seeks to help couples develop deeper connection, more shared purpose, and intimacy with God. So it's a, a faith-based event. But it's focused very much on practical. How do I connect to my spouse's heart? How do I love them in the way they want to be loved? How do I understand my own story and how it relates to the story of my marriage? And how do we get back to that marriage that that we wanted in the beginning that at some point because of kids or work or stress kind of got, we got sidetracked from. Sure. Because a marriage is one of our most important relationships. It can be heaven or hell. And we, we want to invest in that. We want to invest the time, the energy, the, the training, the focus to have a marriage that is great uh, and just sustains that way, even with the ups and downs of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always say, um, you know, we, uh, we're, we're pretty good about changing the oil in our cars uh-huh. every 3,000 miles or whatever. Um, <laughs> but when's the last time you actually did some maintenance on your marriage or worked on your marriage and going to a conference? Mm-hmm. Uh, weekend retreat is such a powerful thing to do. Um, definitely something that we always encourage people to do um, and been a major part of our own mm-hmm. story. What about for you? Like, um, you guys um, been married 10 years. And over that time, like what have been some of the most powerful uh, conferences that you've been to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've been a part of more, um, less on the marriage side. Mm-hmm. Uh, more of our marriage work has come from more the the coaching and counseling realm, mm-hmm. working with really gifted people in that area. More in an intimate setting. More, more the intimate setting. Mm-hmm. We, we've definitely been a part of conferences, but not so much <clears throat> on the marriage focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm really trying to do with the conference that I'm hosting is taking everything that I do with a couple over six months and distill it into a workshop, workshop format mm, nice. where a, a community of couples can connect with these transformative concepts. Nice, cool. All right, so uh, did, did you guys meet, uh, are you both from local area here? We're both from California. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're uh, beach bums. We met at uh, UC, UC Santa Barbara, so oh, nice. University of California, Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. Beachside University. You don't go to class, you just surf all day. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. We, we were actually, funny enough, at a conference together for our, our um, youth ministry group. And uh, my wife was part of a group. We were, we were in an In-N-Out Burger, real popular place in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got one here now in Oregon, but we're there and there's swing dancing music playing. Mm. And I just put out a, a bold question to the group. Does anybody want to swing dance with me? Mm-hmm. And my now wife, I didn't even know her. She volunteered. Nice. And we just spontaneously danced together. And that kind of fits the story of who we are. We're both very go for it, take mm-hmm. a risk kind of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just really, we, um, been in several relationships but her and I just it was really the friendship in our dating that developed in those first four to six months that was so incredibly powerful nice that it was romantic but it was also about um, knowing the other person and being known mm-hmm. sharing our secrets sharing our fears mm-hmm. uh, it set an incredible foundation for where we are now ten years later so that was your courtship time and then um, did you get married in California? Uh, we did. Um, we, again, us being adventurous, we, we ended up working um, with a, a, a Christian nonprofit overseas in the country of Turkey. Hmm. Uh, and while we were working for them, we got engaged and then came back to the States and got married. Um, but it was kind of a, a time of big transition, moving from overseas to the U.S., getting married shortly afterwards. How old were you? I was 25 okay. and it was a really stressful time. Like I, I was very disoriented, just 
counterculture shock happening. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I was kind of. How in, long were you in Turkey? We were there. I was there for two years. My oh, wife was there wow. for a year. Wow. Uh, so learned learned yeah, a lot of the language. That'll change you. Yeah, it was it was powerful. So get this, we I, I proposed to her in Barcelona, Spain. Nice. And then we were planning a wedding overseas, apart from each other, because she was in another part of Turkey. Okay. And apart from California, where we we're gonna have the wedding. So talk about stress. <laughs> Major stress. Um, and, and it was kind of continued into the beginnings of our marriage. Uh, what started coming up is, I started treating my wife and kind of just. Some ways that I had been treated growing up more in a controlling, critical way. Interesting. And my wife responded by pulling away more. Mm-hmm. And this is happening in the first two to three months of marriage. Mm. And additionally, I'm just dealing with a lot of undealt with stress and past trauma in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was really this, this life-changing season where we I initiated and said we need to see a marriage counselor mm. uh, and somebody that really can go deep into our story so how did you know you needed a marriage counselor um, you know because it's I mean it sounds like it should be obvious but mm-hmm. a lot of guys especially they they're even if they realize mm-hmm. I could use a counselor, mm-hmm. they're not going to do it. They're not going to bring it up. <laughs> they're not going to say, hey, babe, let's do this. Um, so it must have been pretty compelling for you to, to know that that was like something to bring up. You mentioned you were kind of in this controlling realm. Did you know you were controlling at the time or is that looking back you know it? Um I think I somewhat knew it, but wasn't owning it. Okay. So So you just knew there was problems. You probably figured it was, yeah, "Yeah, she needs some help. So let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it was probably, I I knew I needed personal help, but I wasn't fully aware of maybe how insensitive I was being in the relationship. I just, I had reached a point in my life where I I was at least self-aware enough Mm -hmm. to understand my own weaknesses and see where, you know, I, I need and being open I was open to other people speaking in my life I valued that I I wanted that I and so it wasn't hard for me maybe I'm different from a lot of guys in that but that was just part of my wiring is Mm -hmm. I've got a problem I I seek help and uh, even if it's vulnerable or scary Mm -hmm. I think sharing honestly hard things is very courageous and strong Mm -hmm. whereas some men look at the opposite Mm -hmm. that by being stoic and not needing anyone that's Mm -hmm. the definition of strong Mm -hmm. I think my my father modeled to me what it meant to be able to be weak and that to that to to admit weakness Mm -hmm. and for that to be a strength yeah Um, but you know we really walk takes courage it does take courage Mm -hmm. and and I think that was enough to tip it in and then I just needed to trust this guide this this very gifted counselor coach mentor that really walked my wife and I very gently but purposefully into our own stories okay and as I it it wasn't really I mean how I was treating my wife was the tip of the iceberg Mm. it was really related to my desire for control based on feeling insecure Mm. and based on much deeper things in my heart and soul. Gotcha. And so to be able to process through those and, and having very cathartic moments of just really letting go of a lot of pain from my past and my parents' divorce Mm -hmm. and and being able to come more fully into the present moment. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not ashamed to say that um, for me, God was very much forefront a part Mm -hmm. of that process. Mm -hmm. I felt he had orchestrated this healing process for my wife and I Mm -hmm. and given it to us as a gift Mm -hmm. that now 10 years later, I get to give to so many other people. Cool. So you were 26, 27 during this time? And this was 25. So I got married at 25 and then we hopped right into a two-year journey of really wow. deep inner healing, really deep. But doing the healing together, a lot mm-hmm. of people do individual counseling. Mm-hmm. It was almost like we were doing counseling together. Nice. And that really helped us bond and understand our triggers. Uh-huh. And I understand why my wife pulls away and mm-hmm. why when she feels... When I trigger a feeling in her of not feeling good enough mm-hmm. um, through being critical, she will withdraw and shut down. Mm-hmm. And when I feel like 
my wife doesn't notice my heart and my emotions all become tend to become more controlling mm -hmm. so discovering these kind of negative cycles and then mm -hmm. doing the opposite and continually being sensitive to each other's needs it it almost I, I mean this sounds a weird thing to say but it's like we got stuck on a honeymoon like it's like mm. we got stuck on a place of really being happy together because we are so in tune with the other person's needs hmm. and and even though there were challenges and circumstances the more in tune we've gotten with each other the happier we are together hmm. because we're not we're not getting to stress for very long and we're helping each other get out of stress and it's it's just been a beautiful journey one thing that you said that um that uh, was interesting is um, mm. this cycle that you said you were on mm. and I, I've seen that so many times it's almost like <clears throat> it's almost like a, a thing right it's uh -huh. like somehow the very deepest fear or wound that the wife has is related to the very deepest fear or wound that the husband has mm. and the way that um, that's triggered the response uh, makes it make, makes the cycle worse, right? Mm -hmm. And so, what I've seen seems like over and over again is if you get to understand what this is, and then it's almost like the fix is almost always believe the exact opposite of what you believe your the messages you're getting from your spouse, mm. like. Mm. Uh, like my husband uh, is gonna leave me any minute mm. and and I'm like the dude is like the most dedicated guy I've ever seen he's crazy <laughs> about you there's no way he's gonna leave his he's not thinking about that at all but she on a hundred percent believes he's gonna leave any minute and if and if and if she would just like believe the exact opposite mm -hmm. of what she's believing mm. then it will just like totally disrupt the, the cycle mm -hmm. and and uh, but I kind of jumped a, a step because her belief that he's gonna leave me any minute makes her react in a way that triggers his deepest wound mm -hmm. which is let's say um, let's say he just doesn't think he she's that into him mm -hmm. you know like I just want mm -hmm. you to love me like I love you and you don't mm -hmm. You don't even seem to love me at all. Maybe mm. it's his story, right? Mm -hmm. And because she's afraid he's, she's going to leave him any second, she's kind of withdrawing, which proves to him mm. his deepest fear, right? So these things just like build on each other. But if they both like will just, somebody has to go first, right? But believe the exact opposite of what you believe about your spouse. And then that's going to change everything. Mm -hmm. Easier said than done, but I've seen that yeah. to be true. I, I think that's a great insight, Scott, into... You know, sometimes our perception or our belief isn't rooted in reality, but it feels very compelling. Mm -hmm. And we continue to live out that narrative. Mm -hmm. and, and part of it, too, is where, where's the, um, where does that belief come from in our story? Right. And sometimes when we examine our story in a safe place, it allows us to rewrite the story or mm -hmm. to reinterpret it. Sure. And, and the, a husband that can be attentive to and ask the wife a, a provoking question of like what what's happened in your life that has led you to believe people are going to leave you mm -hmm. things like that creates this this bond of empathy and understanding and not just him reacting out of his own pain and then mm -hmm. the triggering just escalates right and in your story you were saying that uh, something in your past you, your parents divorce uh, made you go into a controlling mode. So mm -hmm. what was the connection there? Like, what was your biggest fear um, that that you discovered in, in your counseling time? Well, I, I think um, a lot that happened through my parents divorcing and just the, the stress in their lives. How old were you when they divorced? I, I was eight years old. Okay. Wow. Um, and I actually don't even remember my dad moving out. Like wow. I, I, I have literally like a mental block. Mm -hmm. Eight years old, you remember things. Sure. I, I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, but I think what happened is I didn't, not only was that traumatic, but I didn't feel like I got the opportunity to process it. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's like 
bad things happen to everyone and even my kids you know there's hard things that happen but as parents uh, my wife and I try to be really attentive to help them process those bad Mm -hmm. difficult or bad events Mm -hmm. like my daughter was um, bit by a dog a couple years ago Mm -hmm. didn't have to go to the hospital or anything but it was very scary for her Mm -hmm. and my wife took about an hour just sitting with her and talking about it Mm -hmm. and helping her through her tears Mm. I never really felt like I got that kind of support Mm. and so as a result I've often felt alone and alone in my pain and in my emotions and so if I feel like somebody's pulling away and sometimes I'll try and grab onto that relationship mm-hmm. as no care about me. Right. And and in it, there's a direct connection to that from your dad leaving. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so it's I was just living out that that brokenness in my story with my wife and grabbing on and it, it was all about me. It was all about don't leave me, share yourself with me. And and what's interesting is my wife, you know, she grew up with uh, her parents divorced before she was born. Okay. And she had a mom that at times would would share her depression with her mm. and would almost she would almost fill the role of therapist for her mom. Interesting. And so somebody coming in and saying care about me, deal with this, right. she shuts down right away. Oh. So if I'm cuz there's pain there for her uh-huh. associated with her mom, like that wasn't yeah. what well, kid's not supposed to be in that role, but no. obviously the pain that her mom put on her, mm. she didn't she didn't want to have that. No. And so that was a trigger for her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was that no kid should be their parents' therapist, and right. it was just a role that, unfortunately, um, she fell into, and she'll often shut down when that happens. So me um, feeling her and maybe pull away, you know, I try to grab on closer and mm-hmm. share more and, and, and control her more and criticize her. Why can't you just listen to me or do mm-hmm. this or be this? And which would just continue that cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you guys obviously found your way out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so along the 10 years, like, is there, uh, when it's, can you think of a time where you just like really, messed up like uh what was a low what was the low point um maybe maybe not where you really messed up but where was a low point in your relationship throughout those 10 years that um that you maybe had to do some recovery you 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 had to put some effort into like you know uh make up for like i missed this um you know, I screwed that up. You know, it's not intentional, but it happens, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and, and, and I think there's... My wife, um, Kendra, is a pretty accommodating person. And mm-hmm. so sometimes I think I've probably been screwing up and caring for her more than I should. And I don't always hear about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there definitely there was a time last, last year where, um, you know, she was... I, you know, I'm, I've been doing this coaching work for about two years and things were really picking up for me. And she was looking into where, where's our daughter going to have preschool. Mm. And I basically put it all on her and I basically, you know, I'm too stressed out with work. You, you manage, you know, she stays at home. Like you manage the kids, you manage the house. Like Mm -hmm. I can't deal with that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really did hurt her. I think she she worked, you know, she rolled with it, but I, she really wants me involved in decision making. She appreciates that. She or, or thinking through things and brainstorming. She wants me to be involved in the things that are important to her and to work through them with her. So, how did you realize that that was um, that that wasn't that didn't go well for her? Well, kind of. It, it almost blew up in my face because then she chose a preschool and I ended up not liking initially having trouble with the demands. It was a co-op preschool. And so it was putting a lot of demand on her time. And I, I, gotcha. I became very critical about that. And this is eating up so much of our life. And she's like, well, you had a chance to make your input. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my wake up was, mm-hmm okay, I, I dug this grave for myself mm-hmm. and, um, and, and I realized that I wasn't engaged. And so I was more prone to just complain and complain mm-hmm. about 
how it was going and that that just put more subtle wrenches it, you know it wasn't like we were, our relationship was falling apart but it was putting some strain sure and so i i had to really pivot and last fall i, I made some conscious choices okay i i want to learn from this mistake honey all right we're now entering into the phase of choosing a kindergarten i'm all in with you mm. every time let's talk through all the different kindergartens Every time there's a tour, I'll come with you. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, my wife is just on cloud nine. She mm. She's like, this is a thousand times easier. Yeah. Like she just loves, we're doing it together. Mm-hmm. We're making that decision together. Mm-hmm. And and I think it just, maybe guys in general, we do this. I know I can do this sometimes is I just over compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is your thing. Deal with it. No, it's my kids too. Like, mm-hmm. let me, let me own it with her. Right. And now I feel involved in it. I feel invested yeah. and that feels really good. Cool. So you kind of learned a lesson from that, that you want to, you want to make sure that you are involved in those big mm-hmm. decisions. So you'll take that going forward. Uh, what, if I can add sure. one more thought on that as well, I, I think is why well I learned that, um, you know, it's really important for me to understand how my wife thinks about things and that she's not always going to perfectly, I think sometimes as men as well, we want our wives to spell out crystal clear, this is what I want and need in the moment, mm-hmm. and this is exactly what's expected of you. Mm-hmm. And I just think that sometimes Ill- unrealistic. Sometimes my wife doesn't even know what she wants or needs. It's She's processing through it and mm. I, not that she's incapable of expressing her needs or want, but if I take the initiative to, to try extra hard to understand her and her point of view and what she needs, mm-hmm. she's going to feel so cared about because she doesn't have to go to all this extra work to always like spell it out like I'm in second grade. <laughs> this is what you do. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm more, um, I'm thinking ahead of her and thinking about her and... Mm-hmm. It just—it's really taken our marriage to the next level to have that. Yeah, I think that's really good. Like, um, so you said something about even if she doesn't know what she needs, uh, that's confusing to guys. Uh-huh. Um, I, I I know what you mean. I think a lot of guys are like, like, how do I help her when she doesn't even know what she needs? Like, yeah. I'm trying to like hear what she needs but she doesn't even know what she needs like talk more about that (laughs) i don't i don't know um biologically or gender wise how it all works out but i have seen it play out in my own marriage and a Mm -hmm. lot of couples that i work with that um yeah there's something really important and special about men initiating understand and paying attention to um you know what their wives need and, and really tuning into that. And I'm, I, I'm all for gender equality in, in a relationship. I, I just think there's, there's a servant leadership almost in showing up in a way where you're, you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I heard from one uh, mentor of mine that attention is the currency of leadership. Mm-hmm. And, and I think attention is just the currency of a good relationship, both ways, man and woman. So, there's a situation I noticed a couple of weeks ago where I was just really busy again with work and it was getting to the point where my wife and I hadn't gotten an evening together in probably almost two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I could see that in some ways she was becoming more irritable, mm-hmm. but she wasn't saying, Oh, we need an evening together. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of, I almost thought guessed maybe it has to do with that. And I just, mm-hmm. I just, took her aside one morning and said, Hey, I just want to have an honest conversation. Like, are you feeling like we're not getting enough time together? I'm feeling the gap a little bit. How are you doing with that? Mm -hmm. And she kind of thought about it for a moment and then it clicked for her and she's like, yeah, that is what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I cleared my schedule that night. I was going to go out with a buddy for a beer. Mm -hmm. I told him no. And we just spent three hours in the evening after kids went to bed, just connecting and Mm -hmm. talking and catching up. Yeah. And I felt her whole demeanor change in the days after that. Yeah. But she wasn't necessarily totally tuned into that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. I, I think it's, I, I think she feels really loved when I can tune into those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I, I, I think about what's possible in marriage mm-hmm. and that really is, uh, an example of, of, uh, what to strive for what's possible in marriage is to 
I mean, I mean, if you think about it, uh, as individuals, we're fully capable of going through this life without uh, a partner. Um, but for some reason, it seems to have, um, by design, something is better when you go through life with a partner. And so, you know, say that's a theory. Then one of the evidences of that, if you find a partner who can actually be in tune with your needs, even when you're not, and help you meet those needs, even when you're not thinking about it, I mean, to me, that sounds like the ideal uh, concept of a marriage. And of course, um, I know there's a guy listening to this right now who's like not even close to that right now. Yeah. Like, you might as well be talking to a guy who's broke and saying, hey, wouldn't it be nice to have a billion dollars, right? <laughs> so, <clears throat> you know, you're, you're in this space, um, an expert working with couples to help them, like, speak to that guy who who was hearing this and be like, yeah, I'm broke and you're talking about a billion dollars. Awesome. Good for you. Like, I can understand if I had a billion dollars or if I had a spouse who was attuned to my needs or or I have no idea. I don't even understand anything she's saying or doing. Like, how am I supposed to be attuned to her, her needs? Any... Um, wisdom to share with that guy who's like feels like it's so fairy tale land to even be there like they're not getting along he feels like we're on different we we live on different planets like how how can he um start to bridge that gap great question scott if you've got the vision of what you want for your marriage if you want to get to this place where you're connected um, but it feels like a million miles away. It's like any journey. You just need to take the next step. Okay. So I would turn the question back on that man, and, and I would encourage you to ask for yourself, what's my next step? Because it's going to be different for every single person. Maybe it's just, um, you know, I, I just ask my wife, um, once in a while, what do you need? Maybe I just need to hear from her what she needs so I can start to develop the awareness. Maybe it's I just take five minutes to reflect on what makes my wife come alive. What are the things that energize her? Once again, I want to remind guys where they can reach you um, at risingpath.org. And uh, where did that name come up? Where, where did that name come from? It's funny, it comes from a story in my marriage. Uh, my wife and I, as we uh, spent some time working on healing ourselves and our relationship, uh, it occurred to us that we had really big dreams just to travel and have adventures. So at one point in our marriage, before we had kids, we actually we quit our jobs and we packed up and traveled uh, for two years. Went to about 20 different countries had a lot of great experiences of just hiking and experiencing new cultures. And this and was after the counseling and all that healing took place? It was after all the counseling and a, and a lot of the healing and it it felt like almost this expression, outward expression of what had happened inside of us that we had taken a rising path, mm. a new road to a new kind of life where um, we were living in the ways we had always dreamed of but never thought possible. That's awesome. I love how the phrase rising path and how it applies to marriage and, and the context of what we've talked about, that you can go from, you know, I can't even imagine, it feels like we're on totally different planets. I can't imagine having this kind of connection where I see her needs, she sees my needs, and we're attuned to each other. Um, if you just think about the rising path and you're, just stay on the rising path. And there's a lot of hope in that that name. And I love that. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's a beautiful image, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, Austin, thanks again. Thank you so much for uh, joining the Husband on Fire podcast. Um, I know that this is going to bring hope to even if it's just one guy out there, right? Um, but uh, there's hope filled throughout this episode, and I'm really thankful for your time here and uh, for uh, delivering what you have to my uh, Husband of Fire audience. Thank you very much. Great, Scott. It's been a pleasure. Oh, and one more thing. Uh, if, uh, if you're in the Portland-Beaverton area, uh, 2020 May 16th and May 17th is your is your um, couples retreat. Does it have a name? It's called the Heart to Heart Marriage Weekend. Okay, so the Heart to Heart Marriage Weekend open to 50 couples May 16th and 17th, 2020. If you are able to get to that, go to risingpath.org and get registered there. And of course, you can get a hold of Austin McRobbie at risingpath.org. Thanks again. Thanks, Scott. Hey man, thank you for listening to Husband on Fire podcast. Have you downloaded your copy of the Relationship Secrets Black Book yet? If you haven't, I don't know what you're waiting for. This is getting raving reviews. And in fact, I'm, I'm just very proud of this because I developed a system that helps husbands to restore their relationship, to get their relationship sparked back. It's a step-by-step system that I've literally had men pay me hundreds or thousands of dollars to coach them through this. And I put the process, the step-by-step process in this book and you can go get it for free right now. It's not going to be free forever. What are you waiting for? Go get your copy at husbandonfire.com slash black book. That's husbandonfire.com slash black book. Go now. Ah, ah, ah.